0: Hey, y'all, this is Samira, your podcast cousin, and you're listening to the Adulthood Chronicles podcast, the show that explains how to navigate adulting for real for baby millennials and Gen Z. Hey, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Adulthood Chronicles, y'all. Um, Guys, I'm very sleepy today. <laughs> it's 9.17 p.m. as I start recording. And all I'm thinking about is how I have to record this whole entire episode, also edit it. I probably will not have time to create promo content for social media. Y'all, it's Monday. This episode is supposed to have been out this morning, but I procrastinated this weekend and here we are waiting until the last minute, the night that I should have the episode out already. Uh, without further ado, let's get right into the show starting with our black business of the week This week's black business is gonna go to be rooted Be rooted is a black owned and woman-owned stationary company Well, I will say they're mostly stationary I think they were founded as a stationary company, but then kind of expanded into other products so essentially uh Be Rooted was founded by a black woman named Jasmine Foster. She created the brand because she wanted to create a space for black women where she had not normally seen representation in that specific industry when it came to stationery. So Be Rooted has tons of different products um, like notebooks and pens, planners, folios. Um, all types of things or stationary items, things for your desk. And they're very, very beautiful. I mean, like the colors, the illustrations, they're beautiful. They have cute little sayings and just these beautiful illustrations of um, different variations of black women and things like that. They also sell home goods and like small gift items. Their selection for home goods is pretty small, but again, they're mainly a stationary company. Um, As far as some of their gifts that they have, they sell like decks of cards. Again, very beautiful illustrations on them or quotes, um, beach towels, water bottles, wine glasses. Check out Be Rooted. I have seen their products in Target. I don't know of anywhere else they might sell them, but definitely I've seen them in Target in the stationery section. Um, You can find them on their website at BeRootedCo.com. Or also on Instagram at Be Rooted Co. I'm sure on other uh social media as well, probably under Be Rooted Co. But as always, I will um put their information in the description of this episode so yeah y'all go check them out if you're looking for again cute notebooks and planners and pens and things like that they had some really cute stuff on their website um, again probably look on Target's website as well or your local Target store because I'm sure you'll find them there because I have seen them in a few Target stores in my city or state all right uh, moving on from Black Business of the Week, we can get right into this week's episode. I don't have a title for it yet, but as of right now, I'm calling it the Digital Detox episode. Maybe. I'm not sure. It might be different by the time I actually publish this episode. So this week's episode is pretty much going to be talking about, again, uh, digital detoxing. And I chose that because I am getting to my wits end of social media. I don't think I need to do like a complete detox from like technology as a whole. That would be insane. That's kind of crazy. But I'm starting to get bored from social media. I don't know if that sounds crazy or not. But I've been on social media for as long as it's been around since its existence, right like y'all know I'm a baby millennial, as I like to call myself uh technically, I'm still a millennial but i'm I'm toward the end of the millennial clan, but I still claim to be a hard millennial like I'm not a ninety seven or ninety six cusper I was born ninety four like so I'm definitely still a millennial, but there are still differences between older millennials who were born in the 80s um, late 80s early 90s and then like our the mid 90s folks so I'm saying that to say that social media literally has been around as long as I've been alive pretty much Um, from AOL and AIM days and the very start of email and then Facebook when it first came out I was not old enough for Facebook when it first came out because y'all know it was originally for college students so I was not in college during the time that Facebook came out I don't even know when Facebook came out was it like 08 or 04 I'm about to look when did Facebook come out Facebook came out in 2004, so I was 10 years old when it came out. And then you had Black Panin, you had MySpace. I was definitely on MySpace in like middle school, like sixth grade. Um, and then I kind of got to Facebook like later middle school, like eighth grade, maybe seventh or eighth grade. Kind of transitioned to Facebook. And then high school, I was definitely on Facebook. And then it started when i got to college like instagram oh twitter i started getting on twitter in high school too so probably like my i think i joined twitter in 2009 so either late freshman year or early sophomore year of of um high school so i'm saying all this to say that again i've been around <laughs> since all have the social medias have been around and it's been a long time coming like it's been more than 10 years and i got to say we are in the worst years of the shit, okay? Social media really did used to be a great tool. And honestly, it still can be a great tool for a lot of different things, right? You got, you've got, you got people being discovered off of social media for their amazing talents. You've got people whose social media is their damn job, literally, influencers or content creators. Um, social media has become a job like 20 years ago, social media managers at a company did not exist because social media did not exist. So like tons of new roles or career options have opened up because of social media. So not to say that social media is completely bad. I'm just saying that I'm to the point where I'm over it. And I'm going to tell y'all why the biggest reason I'm over social media is mainly the main social media that I'm tired of is Twitter. Right. I well let me let me preface this by saying I stopped using Snapchat years ago. Like I'm 28. I probably stopped using Snapchat for real when I was like 22. So that one's been irrelevant to me for a long time. Snapchat I feel like is for teenagers, like people in high school now or maybe young twenties. I'm not sure who's on Snapchat anymore these days, but it's not me. Uh, Facebook stopped doing Facebook when the boomers took over Facebook. Like Facebook has been long gone for millennials. I guess there's still some millennials who are active on Facebook. My boyfriend being one of them, <laughs> but honestly, like, I don't know too many people who are just like peers who are on Facebook like that. Like I deleted My Facebook account, which I'm kind of mad that I didn't save my pictures before because I had some decent memories from high school on my Facebook, but I created a new page. Literally, I have no friends on my Facebook. I only created one just for Facebook groups and Facebook Marketplace, and that's it. Like That's the only reason I have Facebook is so I can be in groups and sell things occasionally or buy things occasionally in Facebook. Otherwise, if it wasn't for that, I would not have a Facebook either. Um, but again, I am most tired of Twitter. Here's why. I just feel like Twitter used to be probably my favorite form of social media or my favorite platform of social media for a really long time, except when Instagram probably first came out before it was like all, um, when people like really, before people really started caring about what their Instagram looked like, before it started being what we know Instagram is today. Like I used to love Instagram where you would just take random, it was just so unhinged, just random pictures of everything. Like your Chipotle, your random t-shirt, like that's when I really, that's when Instagram used to be my favorite. But for a while, probably by like 2012, Twitter was like my favorite. And that app... It just used to be so funny, like, I used to love Twitter, and even now, there's still some funny moments, but even then, oh my god, everyone takes things entirely too seriously on the app. Twitter is just nothing but arguments every day about the same things, and frankly, like, I don't even have the app on my phone anymore for, I have not in a couple of months, so occasionally, I would just go on like twitter.com on my on google chrome and as soon as i get on it's just nothing but negativity all the fucking time and i'm just like what are y'all arguing about today maybe it's just a black twitter thing i don't know what happens on white twitter i don't know anything else outside of black twitter but black twitter i'm just like okay we're arguing about splitting bills again, we're arguing about dating again, we're arguing about 50-50, we're arguing, uh, I just don't know, like, we're arguing about some random Manosphere podcast clip, like, uh, it's just the same shit every day, and it just started becoming so draining that, like, every, I've literally felt my body, like, tense up, and start, like, literally felt felt my heart, like, As soon as I open the app, my heart would get intense and start racing because, like, my blood is starting to boil from the shit that people say on that app. Because it's just constant arguing, people saying wrong information, people being anti-education. That's just society, period, at the moment. I don't know what is happening We're we're in this area of anti-information, anti-education, which is absolutely fucking insane to me. But anyway, yeah, Twitter has just become... A mess and I'm over it so I deactivated my account today um yeah so that's that also social media has just become entirely too distracting for me not just Twitter but I'm not gonna lie I will admit it I'm addicted to TikTok and probably Instagram I'm constantly just picking up my phone like all the time, even like no text message. Nobody's calling me, picking up my phone just to get on TikTok, scroll, 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 scroll. Like I might intend to be on there to watch two or three videos or like for like three minutes. Next thing you know, I'm on there for two hours and it's a fucking problem. Same thing with Instagram. I don't scroll as much, but I notice that sometimes where I'm just bored and feel the need that I need to be doing something, I'll just pick up my phone, go to Instagram, view a couple stories and that's it, and head back off, and then 30 minutes later, I'm doing the same thing, and I just keep doing that over and over and over between Instagram and TikTok, and I'm just like, it's gotten to the point for me where I talked about before putting time limits and things on social media, but for me, honestly, that's just not enough, especially now that I'm trying to create content, it's like I'm on here personally, and then I'm also on here for like, business reasons I won't say business because I'm not like I'm getting paid from it yet but I'm pursuing things I'm I'm doing creating content as if it were a business as if I am making money from it currently so it's hard trying to like get ideas off the internet or things like that and then just stay off for me so I have bought a second phone (laughs) to help mitigate this problem but we'll see I'm just I'm just tired of being distracted. And also, I've gotten to the point, I kind of meant to say this a second ago, but I forgot that I am really becoming overstimulated by the end of the day. I realize days where I'm on social media heavy or on my phone heavy, by the end of the day, I have major headaches. It was for like two weeks straight that I was having headaches in the same spot, right in the middle of my forehead every single day. And I'm pretty sure it's just from doom scrolling on social media. And I was like, okay, something's got to give. Like, I have to stop this because I feel like I'm damaging my brain or something. Because that's not, that's not okay. Um, also with social media, not that this really affects me anymore. But something that affected me when I was younger, like in my earlier 20s. It's probably how social media affected how I felt about myself, like as far as how I looked or the things that I wanted in life. Because you have to think young people, boys and girls, just teenagers and young people, period, are very impressionable. Like you even see it in adults with how people view things as simple as dating like between women, men acting like it's the 1950s and these ideas of how women should be and women expecting regular everyday men with regular nine and fives expecting them to be treated financially like their nfl baller's girlfriend like what i'm <laughs> what like i <laughs> social media has people's heads so skewed to what's actually happening in real life like and it's not even just like Instagram or TikTok or whatever it's everywhere even on Reddit like people's uh ideas of just everyday life are just very skewed from things on the internet like on the internet everybody everybody makes six figures everybody's rich on the internet but but everybody was also getting that $1200 from Trump during the pandemic like the stimulus check like which which one is it like I'm not understanding <laughs> so i don't i don't know the solution i guess the solution is we need to be off our phones more but that's probably not going to happen so we'll see i just think as a whole we as people know too much about one another and we know too much about the world i for one am in agreement with the saying ignorance is bliss i don't know who said it first don't know who made up the saying but they were on to something that ignorance is bliss because think of all the little children who don't know any better in life who don't know the bad in the world they're very happy but for the children who do know bad, the children who do know what homelessness looks like or what it is to go out with food or have drug addict parents or just have hard lives, they're not happy kids, right? And I'm a firm believer in the less you know about the world and how it works and the, wick- the wickedness of the world, the happier you'll be because honestly like we already know a lot of shit about the government and things that they have done but if we really knew new or or like even celebrities like the whole Epstein thing like we just know if if we know that bad stuff imagine how much bad stuff we don't know and I don't want to to be frank, because that is only going to piss me off and make me mad and make me sad and feel like the world is fucking ending, but it's not. And that's another thing. The internet, the world, social media makes it seem like we're in doomsday. These are our last days. The world is never gonna get any better. But newsflash, every generation has felt like that. Boomers have felt like that when World War II was happening. The silent generation felt like that whenever fucking world war was happening gen x probably felt like that during a crack epidemic like every generation at some point has felt like the world is ending because shit is expensive and jobs suck and we can't afford this and people are on drugs and the environment is bad like yeah because companies make more when there's bad news out because people just suck it in like i don't know but Y'all get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) The world is not ending. We will be all right. The world is not on fire. I mean, it is because you know global warming is real, but like it's not about to be over in our lifetime. (laughs) Lifetimes for the people that are listening. Like I'm what 28. I got what 50 more years on this earth. 60, 70 more years on this earth. I don't think it's going to be done by the time I go out or by the time my children are here or go out or my great-grandchildren. That's all I'm saying. I think planet Earth will still be spinning for a lot longer, but that's, of my opinion, I'm no scientist. But I say all this to say that, again, I feel like I'm really starting to feel the effects of social media not really how it makes me feel because it doesn't make me feel any way anymore like I'm not like oh I gotta get a BBL or oh I need this oh I gotta have the G wagon oh I want a house in Malibu like I don't feel like that anymore I'm not trying to live out this like aesthetic life or I'm very content and happy with what I have but the bad side for me when it comes to social media is just me being addicted and putting things to the side because I caught myself scrolling all day and I didn't get x y and z done hence why I'm doing this podcast at Monday night instead of it being published right now (laughs) Um, but that's all I would really love to hear y'all opinions on it but I do plan to actually detox and uh, record I guess my process or what I'm going through during this time of giving up my social media and I'm not a hundred percent giving it up I'm giving it up for personal reasons so I still will have to use it sometimes just for excuse me just for the sake of promoting my podcast and occasionally looking for dinner ideas on TikTok um, but beyond that I don't plan on using it for at least a month and probably in a month I will record or not record but tell y'all how it went. Um this is just something that I've seen multiple YouTube videos on on people who decided to give up their social media and the differences it made in their life. So, I'm going to give it a try because uh my procrastination is so bad and the way I push things off and just manage my time is just not the best. So, That's why I'm doing it, and we'll see how it goes. That was a good combo, even though it was by myself. It's weird because these are good conversations, even though I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to you guys, if that makes sense. Um, Let's get into the wellness wisdom segment, which kind of relates. We're talking about detoxes, but a different kind of detox, one that relates to the gut. All right, we're in our big cleanse or detox phase in society, I don't know if I want to call it a phase because it's been something going on for quite some time. I think maybe like popularity of detoxes probably came around maybe 2011, 2012. Whenever Flat tummy teas found its way onto Kim Kardashian's counter and Black China's Instagram, is when I feel like cleanses and this detox thing just, it just went from there. Like, oh my God. There's just, speaking of wrong information, there's just so many people promoting cleanses and detoxes when it's not really needed. And I'm going to tell you why. And there's not really any or a lot of medical researches research on this topic from like world-renowned doctors and things like that there's just not too much research done um but yeah we're gonna get into it so again I feel like they became popular when influencers started talking about flat tummy tees and things like that when honestly all that shit was just laxative like just because it makes you shit Well, kind of, it does mean you're detoxing, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. So I don't know if you all know, but we have organs, many of them, but some important ones, well, they're all important, but let me rephrase. Some that are important to detox or cleansing our body are your kidneys, your livers, your bladder, and your skin. And if you have normal, healthy, working kidneys, liver, and bladder, then there really isn't a need to quote-unquote detox or cleanse. And what I mean in this context by detoxing is usually stopping your food intake, usually by like juice or smoothie or something like that, and only digesting fruits or only digesting vegetables or only those two things and and not to say that juicing or smoothies does not have its benefit but you can also just eat the things that you're putting in juice or smoothies as well it's just another way to intake it and honestly with juicing you're not getting the same nutrients because the pulp is extracted so you're not getting that fiber that is found naturally in those fruits or veggies uh so yeah it might be better to put it in a smoothie or just to eat it or like cook it in your food whatever vegetables or fruits they are many people say that oh after a cleanse I cleansed for three days I cleansed for a week and I just I had so much energy and my skin looked great and oh, I felt like I could take on the world, hard pause. (laughs) Not saying that people don't feel like they have more energy or that their skin doesn't look a little brighter after they've completed a detox, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's specifically from things that they are adding into their bodies, meaning the detox, right? Detoxes can also have like a placebo effect. So if you think that you are going to, have all these wonderful effects, and when you're done, you're probably going to convince yourself, oh my God, I feel brand new. I feel great right now. And it's might not. it might not actually be the case. What I've noticed and something that I read in an article in the New York Times is that a lot of people who do detoxes or cleanses, they weren't eating well to begin with or having a good balanced diet to begin with and this isn't everyone some people eat great and they still detox but most don't I find at least when I'm scrolling on the internet and I see people talking about a detox these are people who are usually already overweight or they're not eating very well and things like that so when they say they're feeling better and they had all these great side effects most likely it's because they cut out the bad things that they were putting in their body they cut out the processed sugars they cut out the processed carbs they cut out all these things that are necessarily not the best for your body and they start drinking more water which is great and ingesting fruits and vegetables which you should be doing anyway so the feelings that they're getting is not necessarily from intaking fruits and vegetables or whatever they're intaking for their detox it's the fact that they're rejecting the bad stuff that they were once putting in their body which makes sense also many people do lose weight from detoxes but it's not because they detox it's simply because they were eating less calories than they were putting in the normal it's it's like basic math you you burn more calories Then you eat, you'll lose weight. If it's even, you'll maintain your weight. If you eat more than you burn, you're going to gain weight. It's very simple math. So my thing is, and doctors, I'm not just making this up, is that, again, it's not necessarily the detox that's making you feel good. It is that you're taking bad stuff out of your body. And also, you're the... organs that I named earlier kidneys liver skin and bladders this your body does this already by yourself like I don't know if y'all know but humans the human body is just a working machine like we constantly have things just running in our bodies our brains our blood oxygen like everything is constantly coming in and out it's working non-stop all day long even when you sleep so there's no need to disrupt what your body naturally does i.e kidneys liver skin and bladder right when you go pee it's pushing out bad stuff when you poop what do you think is happening it's pushing out (laughs) bad stuff same with your kidneys same with your livers that's why you know after a, a bad night of drinking and you rehydrate your organs they're gonna work to push that out of your pee, out of your urine. So again, you don't need these things to make you feel better, honestly. According to one of the doctors in this article in the New York Times, his name, oh, excuse me, her name, um, Dr. Zerwani states that if you do try a cleanse, you should choose one that lasts no longer than three days, which is important because there have been instances are people's health getting worse from doing cleanses um, or detoxes because certain vegetables like spinach I believe was one of them um, have certain chemicals like naturally found in it that can spike different things in your body I'm not sure specifically what but let me look Um, It's noted in the article that the limited time frame is important so you avoid nutrient deficiencies and imbalances in your electrolyte levels. It's also critical to make sure you're not consuming dangerous levels of vegetables and fruits, which may seem counterintuitive. A few case reports have found that people on juice cleanses can develop kidney issues because certain vegetables like spinach are high in oxalate and high oxalate levels can cause kidney stones, Dr. Mullen said. So again there's chemicals naturally found in certain vegetables just like in fruit oh this is a big debate people don't understand that just because sugar is natural in fruit means it's a good and it's a free-for-all which is not the case especially for people who have insulin resistant diseases or disorders like diabetes, 2, PCOS, and things like that, because even though it's natural sugar, it does not have to be added sugar. Natural sugar can still cause major spikes in your blood levels or your sugar levels. So i seen a case where someone who was diabetic listened to some stranger on the internet and went on a freaking detox or cleanse where they only ate watermelon. We know watermelon is very, very sweet naturally. And because of that, it sent the man or woman, I don't remember, to the hospital, and they almost died because of how much sugar was in watermelon. People, I say, fruits and vegetables can't kill you. Well, too, too much for certain types of bodies can. So it's really important that, one, when you have when you don't have a normal healthy body where you may have some um, underlying health condition that that can be affected like that from certain foods is best to consult with a specialist um, who can help guide you make better decisions instead of listening to random detox specialists on TikTok or something who have no background in what the hell they're talking about besides the fact that, oh, I feel good. From fruits and vegetables, and my skin is clear, and my bones are strong, and I haven't caught a cold in a year. So, you, everybody in the world, should do this too. When at the end of the day, our bodies are different, and even though our bodies require the same basic needs, I would say to sustain ourselves, we have all different requirements based on our, based on our own health. Um, so, again, just be mindful of. <laughs> the things that y'all are the things that you guys are taking from the internet from non-professionals and just implementing in your lives because it can have dire consequences and even things you take from the internet that are from professionals professionals are not always right so like my grandmama said you get a second opinion (laughs) okay um and that's all that I have for you guys for the wellness wisdom segment. I hope you are left feeling like some things are just not necessary. Just eat a balanced diet and drink water and I promise and move your body. And I promise you will probably have a healthy life. All right. Moving on to the very last segment of the show. It is money matters. Cha-ching, cha-ching, ching I got to add like a money effect sound or something. I don't know. Once I get better with my editing or just am not lazy about editing, I'll I'll start doing that. Uh, But for Money Matters today, let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about debt. Let's talk about debt. For all the youngest out there, that is a play off salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. But I said let's talk about debt. Get it? Anyway, uh, I want to talk about debt, specifically paying down debt. Now, for some people, they are fine with living with debt until they die. For me personally, I'm not one of those people. I do not want the burden that comes with debt. I one day hope to be debt free. And that is including my student loans. I don't want to carry it all with me. I don't want to die owing anybody a dime. Okay. That includes my mortgage too. I don't want anything. Not to say I'm going to be in a rush to pay my mortgage down, but you guys know what I'm saying. Okay. So when it comes to paying down debt, there are, two main methods to paying down debt in the financial world the first method is called the snowball snowball method and the second method is the avalanche method the snowball method is for people who need psychological gains or psychological wins Uh, it pretty much means that for your debt you will list all your debt from lowest amount to highest, and you will prioritize paying it off in that way. So say you have three forms of debt. Um, Let's say a credit card that has 25% APR, a car payment that has 6% APR, and student loans that are 5% APR. Now your student loans, you owe let's say 35K your car loan, is 32k and your credit card is 10k regardless of the interest rate you will start paying that debt from smallest to largest so while you are working on your smallest amount you are putting as much money as possible that you can to that debt while making the minimum payments on all other debts So, say your credit card, the minimum payment is 50, your car note, it's 500, and your student loans, it is, let's say, 430, I don't know. In that instance, you want to pay as much as you can towards that credit card because it has the lowest balance, and then your other two debts, the car and your student loans, you want to pay the minimum allowed amount that you can, all right? and once you pay off the first step which would be the credit card you will then start putting not only the minimum amount towards your next debt but also additional funds at least what you were putting on the credit card plus more because again you will have that additional money to now put to the next debt. and you just keep snowballing and rolling it over and rolling it over and rolling it over until all your debt is gone now in this instance the debt snowball does not make the most mathematical sense again it's for people who are kind of more emotional based it's like so you can see because usually that that first step if you're working at it you can you can knock it out pretty quickly so it's for people who need to see you know good progress to keep them pushing and keep them going along but it doesn't make the most sense mathematically because you'll end up paying more in interest Now, the avalanche method is sort of the opposite. You pay your debt from highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, regardless of the balance. So let's use that same example, a credit card, a car payment, and student loans. I don't remember the percentages I gave them. But say uh, your credit card payment was only, let's say your balance was $3,000 Three thousand dollars, but the APR was twenty five percent. Your car payment was thirty two thousand dollars, but your interest is only three percent. And then your student loans is thirty some thousand dollars, and your interest is only four percent. In this instance, the credit card you would still pay first because it has the highest interest. So you don't want that twenty five that interest to be tackling on every single month. And then you just keep going down and down from highest interest to lowest interest. This one, this way makes the most sense math- mathematically, because again, um you'll you're paying less interest at a time. Now, different financial gurus or experts have different timelines of when you should start paying off debt. And what I mean by this is people have different um different responses, meaning like how much money you should have saved prior to tackling debt. All right. And I'm gonna go through the most common ones. Dave Ramsey, which is, he's very popular, has been since like the 90s. He says that you should only save $1,000 and then you start tackling your debt. His mindset behind that is, yes, we know in 2023, $1,000 is not enough for a big emergency it's just what he calls a starter fund that's so one you know that you can save a thousand dollars two it'll help with small emergencies maybe like you need a new tire or I don't know something beyond that but smaller emergencies and two the point is to be uncomfortable so you'll be more intense about paying off your debt because we know a thousand dollars if a big emergency happened a thousand dollars isn't going to be enough and he wants that to kind of scare you I guess to know like oh shit like a thousand dollars is a great start but it's not enough if something big happens. so I need to pay off this debt super intense what he calls gazelle intensity to really pay down this debt as soon as possible all right there's other gurus um another one is called the money guys i don't know their actual names but i listen to their podcasts occasionally they say before you start tackling debt, you should have your deductibles covered meaning uh, whatever your medical deductible is for like your medical insurance um same for cars like your car insurance so say your car insurance deductible is a thousand dollars and your medical is also a thousand dollars that means you should have $2,000 saved prior to start tackling debt. Because in their eyes, if an emergency happens, most emergencies are either medical emergencies, transportation emergencies, usually. So they wanna make sure in the event of one of those kind of emergencies that you will at least be able to cover your deductible before their insurance comes in and starts covering, which is smart. Another, um, an idea there's not like specific experts for the next two, but another time limit before I start paying off debt. Someone else suggested one month of expenses, so obviously that is going to vary person to person, city to city, lots of things. Um, so if you're oh, and when they say one month expenses, that means bare bone expenses, that doesn't include like things that are not. This like necessary to survive like hbo subscriptions and apple music and i don't know just random things that you don't need to survive that's just like housing transportation to get you to and from work food gas costs you know like bare minimum so that's one month of expenses so if all of that for you let's say is three thousand a month then $3,000 a month is what you should have saved before starting to tackle debt. The next one is a little bit longer, which is having a a full-fledged emergency fund before starting to pay off debt, which is three to six months. Now, there's really not much to say about this. It's the same as one month of expenses, bare bones, it's just three to six months. All of these honestly just depend on how risk tolerant you are, I, because honestly, also it depends on how much money you make, so, like, if you're lower income and your expenses are already high with debt, it's probably going to take you a very, a decent amount of time to save three to six months worth in expenses, like, that can take a whole year, and in that year, you could have started paying off debt, you know what I mean, so, It really just depends on a few different factors. Income levels, um, your job industry, like is it more risk adverse, like the tech industry or something, Um, and just your own tolerance for risk. Like me, I don't have a problem living on the edge when it comes to finances in order to... Reach as um to reach a a good financial goal. Like for me, I wouldn't try to save up a full six month emergency fund before paying off debt because that would take me a while, and in that time, I could have had a credit card paid off or something. Um, but again, all of these, choose the one, choose the one that works best for you, essentially um also y'all i'm in a lot of facebook groups especially financial ones i'm just really into personal finance to be honest i'm pretty smart when it comes to money um i do like spending but i also can be pretty frugal at the same time i'm very cheap and i don't like spending a lot of money on certain things i see a lot of times where people are like okay i'm ready to tackle debt i have they're like I'm ready to pay off my debt as soon as possible I take I bring in 3000 a month and my expenses are 2900 and I have $100 left what kind of plan can I do with this like honey $100 extra a month after expenses is not going to do much for you to pay off debt especially if you're not even able to save on top of that like some people just need to understand the only way to get through debt is potentially having to do something that they don't want to i.e. Increasing income. Like, obviously, when it comes to when you decide to tackle debt, one, you need to make sure you get the education to not put yourself back into that same position. Like, who wants to pay off $30,000 in debt just for a couple years later to be back in that same spot? So, one, when you decide that it's time to get rid of it, like, make sure you're educated in no ways to avoid. situation again like if you know credit cards you're not great with credit cards and managing credit cards don't get credit cards you can live without them you can have good credit without a bunch of credit cards like it's very possible or i don't know any other examples but like in addition to increasing your income yes you can decrease your expenses but i and maybe this just might be the millennial younger millennial mindset i am not in the business of taking the one thing that keeps me happy in the world all just to save debt like if your avocado toast makes you happy and that's the one thing in the world that keeps you fucking sane then get your five dollar avocado toast or your six dollar starbucks i'm not saying get it every single day because uh six dollars a day on coffee is absolutely insane absolutely actually i'm about to calculate how much that is a year that's $2,000. Like, that's a lot of money. I know somebody who who got a $2,000 balance on a car that could easily be paid off. But yeah, I'm not of the business to completely giving up the one thing that gives you enjoyment in life, like your coffee or your avocado toast or your glass of wine every Thursday, whatever, I don't know. But you can limit it or find alternatives for something that gives you that same joy. Like instead of going to Starbucks, buy you a decent coffee machine and and make it at home. Or you can still get Starbucks, but instead of going every day, go once a week or something. I don't know. But my point is you can only decrease your expenses so much and still enjoy life. Um, I'm not with the Dave Ramsey that you have to be miserable and only eat beans and rice until all your debt is paid off and not invest in your 401k or I'm not that's not that's not me I'm not um yeah that's just not me I don't believe in that it might work for some people but that's not something that would work for me personally so I'm saying all this to say that yes while there are some steps you you can take to decrease expenses like limiting coffee or you know instead of going out on weekends staying in by saving gas or you know things like that um, but ultimately the i guess i would say more efficient way in my opinion is to make more money simple as that make more money either get a new job um invest in some sort of additional education to get a better job it doesn't have to be you know traditional college it can be a a course um, a certification online school which is much cheaper you know there's a lot of different alternatives these days to traditional college Um, to help you get a new job it can network your way into a better job you can sell things you can come up with a side hustle but I just think it's much more efficient to try to increase your income instead of decreasing your expenses to try to pay off debt or just simply get a second job I know a lot of people don't want to hear it but get your little part-time job at your local Starbucks or Target the local grocery store you even get a discount on groceries and use that extra money don't even put it toward anything like automatically have it going to your debt so you don't even see the check so it's still the same um paying off debt is not fun like ever but it is rewarding and I know for me personally like when I see it go down instead of up I'm very happy and not having things in collections or judgments it's just a whole lot of bad that can comes with debt and it can just go into a downward spiral very fast uh but I say all this to say that it's not going to happen overnight. I think people in their brains are like, Oh, I just want to get rid of it that they try to do all these things, but paying it off balance transfers to all this, like these hacks and doing everything, but paying off the debt or making more money to pay off the debt than paying off the debt. So like, you just got to do it. It's going to suck for a time being and it's going to take a lot longer than you probably think because most people have a lot of fucking debt. But it'll happen as long as you keep faith and um, really have, keep in mind like the reasons why you're trying to pay off your debt and things like that. I think you can be really successful at it. Um, But I'm on this journey with y'all. So if y'all trying to be debt-free like me, holla and potentially retire early i'm not there yet but once i once i get rid of this debt, i'm gonna feel like i can take on the world well that's all that i have for today show you all i'm still very sleepy i hope you all enjoyed this week's episode and as always please follow this podcast anywhere you listen also share with your friends and leave any comments or share on social media anything you can do to help a sister out please um but I appreciate the people who do listen or have listened thus far enjoy y'all weeks and y'all will hear from me next week bye